Hi there. I am Surabhi Jain from Fearless Communicators Tribe and the founder of Turbo English Mastery program. I believe that improving your listening skills is the first and the last step to improve your spoken English skills. And stories are the best way to do that. So here I am with another extract from strange tales if you like unusual gripping stories the kind that you cannot stop reading until you reach the end then you would like the collection of five of these called strange tales retold for easy reading by b mendelson the extract comes at the end of one of these stories the customs officer's story It tells of a young customs officer called Harvey whose duty it was to prevent smuggling taking goods secretly into a country without paying duty to the government This was very common in England at one time Harvey who had a wife called Lucy and a son Alfred worked hard at his task for he wanted promotion He caught so many smugglers that they decided to teach him a lesson. They tricked him into a meeting with them at the top of a cliff where they intended to kill him. At the last moment they changed their minds. Instead of throwing him over the cliff, they left him hanging over the edge, holding on by his hands which were tied together so that he could not climb to safety. If he let go, he would fall to his death on the rocks below. Hanging thus over my wide open grave I seem to remember my whole past life things long forgotten the joys and sorrows of childhood lessons learned at my mother's knee boyhood quarrels and adventures I remembered how I used to run away from school how I won the prize and how I was punished for some childish fault These and many other scenes of early life passed before my covered eyes. Then I was a man and already in my profession. My first capture, my first meeting with smugglers came before me with great clearness. Next I was a lover walking at Lucy's side among the trees in the fields. Then I saw little Alfred's childish face and wandering eyes very near to mine it seemed. Then I laughed or seemed to laugh a wild mad laugh that shook and pained me but the cloth was tight between my teeth and no sound came out already i had hung for some time over the rock and my hands were aching and my neck was stiff still i held on my thoughts flew off to lucy and her child to the sadness and suffering and want that were waiting for her now the breadwinner was gone for i thought myself already dead and then the clock of st james church in dover struck the hour and the wind carried the sound to my ears 12 eight more hours of darkness the wind now blew less and the cold rain fell and cut my face and hands but still i held on if i fell on the shore below 
while the tide was still out, I should be crushed to pieces, surely. Would such a death be painful? I imagined the rush through the air, the sense of falling through the space, the speed of the fall and the crash upon the hard shore. Should I feel it? Was it possible that I should lie for hours with broken bones and back, waiting for death? Drowning would be better than this. Ah, if I could only hold on until the tide came in. The sea would give me a painless ending. I could not live. But drowning, I had heard, was an easier death than the fall I had before me. But why die at all? If I could hold on till the sea washed the cliff's foot. I could swim well. I might escape. Never, never. The cruel ropes that tried my wrists would prevent me from fighting with the waves. My strength was disappearing fast. I was sick and worn out. Ha! I may as well die like a man in a struggle for life. I remembered that by a great effort I might climb to the top of the cliff and be saved. It is true that the effort would use up my remaining strength. However, I tried. For a moment I rose. I was in mid-air. I was succeeding. But the ropes kept me back. I sank. My face slipped off the edge of the rock and I swung from side to side. This could not last. The pain was great. My strength was gone. In a minute, I must let go and fall to die. Then a wild idea seized me that perhaps the smugglers, less cruel than I thought, were nearby, watching me, ready to save me after all. Surely, surely it must be so. I tried hard to cry to them for help, to shout that in a second it would be too late. My mouth was covered up. I could not speak a word. I let go my hold. But no rush, no quick fall into the midair followed. My feet sank only a few inches and then touched the ground. The firm solid ground. It was no dream. I fainted and fell to the earth. When I came to life again, it was morning. I was lying on the wet ground. Two men were beside me and one of them was trying to push some spirits between my teeth. The covering had been removed from my eyes and my wrists were free. I looked up, wondering whether I was in this world or the next. I am very glad, so You opened your eyes at last said one of the men. Though how you came here, nobody could guess. I looked wildly about. I was not on the shore. No cliff rose up beside me. I was lying in a hole in the chalk hills. I shall explain the cruel trick that had been played on me. I had no idea that the smugglers, when they caught me by means of the false letter meant to take my life 
which at the last moment they spared. They had decided, after all, not to kill me. Not for my sake, but for the sake of my wife and child. But they had not been willing to let me altogether escape the punishment. And so they had placed me in a position where I was sure to feel the suffering of coming death without having to die. They had left me hanging with my eyes covered over the edge of a shallow hole in the chalk, less than nine feet in depth, but with the belief that I was hanging over the side of the big cliff, with a terrible death slowly creeping upon me. The bottom was never more than a yard from my feet, and when I fell, being a man six feet in height, I was within a short distance of the ground. But I died a thousand deaths in one during that terrible hour I spent on Poet's Cliff.